All right, welcome back to another edition of the Forks Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Inferna, and I have a very special guest tonight that it's like, <laughs> it's at least 10 years in the making, former SUNY Brockport All-American thrower. Uh, now he takes care of us on the streets downstate in New York, Dominic Gonzalez. How are you, man? Very good. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing awesome. I can't believe like we were just saying. You know, we haven't seen each other since uh, the Gold's, Gold's Gym days of 2013 in Webster. That's right. The, uh, the, the ghost of Christmas past has come it, back. So. It is the ghost of Christmas past. That's right. But, uh, you know, when I, was, uh, when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about, I was telling my kids, because our middle son's named Dominic, too. And I was like, you know, I'm going to talk to somebody named Dominic. And, and he's like, oh, he spells his name like me. And I was like, no, his is a little different. He was thinking about it. And he's He's like, is it D-O-M-M-I-N-I-C? And I was like, no, why don't you try again? And he's like, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-C? I was like, oh, dude, you're so close. He goes, he goes, he spells his name with a K? He goes, it's not the same sound. And I was like, yeah, man. I was like, different people have different, you know, letters at the end of their name or whatever. But he so it's funny. You know, so like I'm, you know, I'm named after my grandfather. So right. my grandfather's from Cuba, immigrant, first generation. Um, a lot of people know the story, but his name is Domingo and, um, the American version of Domingo is Dominic. My father, you know, wanted to honor my great grandfather, which is, you know, which is a fantastic, I, I can never, you know, not, you know, it's, it's amazing, but it's, uh, he wanted to make him more American, you know, it's the way it was. So, right. But, uh, you know, I have a, I have a dispatcher at, at town of Woodbury where I work and his name is Dominic, but he's Italian. So it's D O M E N I C. I believe oh, it's yeah, an I C yeah. at the end, but there's an E in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's interesting. Cause, uh, you know, my, my parents too, immigrants from Sicily and, uh, my grand, my dad's dad was Calodrido. So okay. back in the early eighties, my mom was like, no, we're not going to, we're not going to call you Calodrido. Cause she was more worried about, my gosh, what are they going to call him in school? Is he going to be able to learn how to like so? listen? It would be like Bronx Tale. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I know, right? Well, like our oldest yeah. is Joseph. He's named after my dad, right. and my dad's like, no, you got to name him Giuseppe. Like, you know, Dad, listen, like Giuseppe's a little bit more difficult. He's like, you know, he kind of relates you know, it a little bit, but it, it's just like an old school mentality, I think. It is, you know, and it's funny you laugh. It's like you know, looking at it now. I mean, I'm right. in 33. Right. When I was like 15, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to be named, you know, Giuseppe. But now, when I'm you know 33, like that's awesome. Maybe, yeah, I would, you know, right. Well, yeah, because when, uh, so when I was a kid, we would, um, I'd bring like weird things <laughs> to school for lunch yeah. um, and I got picked on it, picked on about it. But now you're right. Reflecting back, it's like, wow, you know, this is, that, that was like really cool that, you know, right. my parents, you know, took care of us like that. And we're trying to do the same thing. So we talk Italian. Well, I talk Italian to our kids. Uh, they've never spoken anything, but they understand mm -hmm. and they can follow directions. So it's pretty cool that like, they're kind of still like involved with, um, you know, the culture, mm -hmm. but, uh, like my grandparents raised me. So it was, that's all they spoke back then. It was Italian. So I didn't have, yeah. a chance. like, that was it. We, you know, very similar, you know, my parents, they were hardworking people. We grew right. up, you know, we were, you know, we were middle-class, lower middle-class, you know, right. working people. My dad worked three jobs. He was going to school, teaching. As before, he was an administrator. He was, you know, coaching and, you know, doing what he can to make what he do. My mom was the same way, working long hours. So my parents or my grandparents, excuse me, are the ones yeah. that kind of really gave me that, you know, home mentality and, and, and raised me, you know, and it's right. the way it was. They, they spoke Spanish at home. My grandmother exclusively spoke <laughs> Spanish. Sure. Um, 
my grandfather, he spoke English, but it was like that Spanglish kind of, yeah. he had to figure yeah. it out, but um, it's a different culture. Now I have a two-year-old and mm -hmm. I, we don't speak Spanish in my house. My, my wife is not Spanish. She's, um, I know, European, Scottish, German descent. And sure. uh, so there's no Spanish coming from that end, but you know, my, my mother still speaks Spanish. And so it's, it's still there. We're not trying to lose it. You know, we're right. trying to remember my, you know, our culture, but right. It's, right. it's a different world than it was back. You know, I'm born in 87. So you figure mid nineties to now yeah. things are completely different. So, but you know, it, does that, do you think, cause I think about it sometimes like, you know, the way I grew up there, like I was the first person in my family to go to college and that was like a non-negotiable. My dad worked on an assembly line for 25 years. So that, that was not what he wanted for, for me. And I, and I reflect now, like all the school that I've, you know, that I've acquired and, and all these things that, because you, we, we kind of grew up similar. Do you think that that had, how much of an impact do you think that had on your athletic career as you were kind of like growing up through middle school, high school and the college? Oh, man. So if you would ask me this question 10 years ago, I would give you a completely different answer. So 10 years ago, just graduating college, I was like, oh, this right. is what I needed, you know, go to school, get an education, right. get your degree, right. you know, do, you know, go to, you know, that's how you're going to get college scholarship. That's how you compete right. in track and field and, right. or whatever you want to do. Right. And now that I'm, I'm not even in a field that I even went to school for. Now it's school for, you know, phys ed, exercise science, law enforcement, totally different. Right. Um, I think I personally, would have done better not going to college right away mm -hmm. and i say that after everything that i've learned in my life especially the past five years mm -hmm. i definitely was not mentally i don't, I don't want to say i was i wasn't i thought i, I thought i was ready for college not just right. saying for schooling but right being away from home the responsibility the with the temptation you know right. i think i could have done better you know taking some time and coming in older, be more mature. That's what I'm looking for is this, you know, back when I was 18, 19, you know, we were, I was a savage, you know, you right. were the typical freshman year, you're having fun. Right. I said, I, I, I went to, I went to class. Right. I'll say I went to class, right. but did I learn anything? No. Yeah. You know, would I have done better, you know, maybe not going in right away. I could say that now looking back, sure. I probably would have done better. I would have matured better. Um, but, it did play a huge role. I mean, that's when my father's like, you got to go to college, got to go to college, got to go to college. You know, he's, you know, he's an administrator at the time. He was a, still an administrator. He was an assistant principal at the time. My brother had gone to school. He's a teacher. My sister had gone to school. She became a teacher. So it's just a long list of, all right, go to school, get a job, get a good job and go on from there. And then there's me who was like, oh, I'm just going to throw this metal ball and then right. school will come afterwards. So right. I was definitely a athlete student more than I was a student athlete. Let's just right. put it that way. I didn't even, you know what, you probably, you, I'm, I'm glad you said that you went to class. I don't, I didn't really go to class <laughs> too often at all. I, I, yeah. uh, you know, we, we I'm old. I'm a, a little bit old, older than you, so we never competed against each other. While I was an athlete, correct. Uh, but I, I think you know, I, for a semester, maybe if I went to like forty percent of my classes, maybe fifty, like that was a good semester. And um, uh, like, see, the summer between my sophomore and junior year, um, I intercepted a letter at home 
saying, if you don't get your act together, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to come back. And I don't know if my parents ever really like found out. I don't think mom or dad are ever going to watch or listen to this, but uh, I don't know if they ever found out, but that was kind of like a wake up call. Like, you know, my brother and I, um, he was uh, a senior in high school that summer. So we would be coming home from like going out and my dad would be leaving for work. And it was like, you know, dad's going to work at three o'clock in the morning to go, gosh, I'm going to get teary. I'm thinking about it. Like he's going to go push a button for 16 hours so I can go mess around at Fredonia and, you know, try and become this thrower that there was no chance that it was going to happen. Uh, man, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm talking to a mirror. <laughs> so it took, so it took, it took two, you know, it took two of those letters to come home that, that I finally realized, okay, you know, by them, you know, my undergrad GPA was shot. And fortunately, Fredonia, if you graduated, they let you into their grad program. So you didn't have to take GREs and anything. And I went mm-hmm. to school to be a teacher. So it was really safe. And I, you know, I fortunate, I, I fell into a teaching position right when I graduated. And I guess the rest is history. But um, it, it took me a while to like, okay, you know what, like, this throwing thing, like it's cool in college, but it's, it's for me anyway, it wasn't going to go anyplace. You on the other hand, I watched you throw, throw some bombs back in the day. Back in the day. So yeah, yeah I listen, I'll, I, I feel the same. So I had my wake up call at school, at least it was right. sophomore year nationals, Wisconsin, my parents had flown out and I completely shit the bed. I remember that competition and uh, it was bad. I, um, I think I had one mark throw. It didn't even, it wasn't even the B standard. I think it was like 47 meters. It was bad. It was right. just a bad overall. And then my father kind of like pulled me aside. He's like, if you want to be serious in track and if you want to be serious in general, you need to like just shape up. I know my sophomore year was an absolute booze fest. I'll completely admit, you know, my parents, they, they know now as I've admitted right. everything, but that whole fall semester, I had to retake every single course because I bombed out of them. I, right. It was just awful. Right. Um, I barely trained. Like when I say I barely trained, like I showed up to the gym right. and maybe did some biceps you know, if I was sober enough to go, I mean, that was kind of what it was. And that I realized like, all right, you made it to nationals as a sophomore, you were in middle of the pack as no, as a nobody. And you went there and you just not only embarrassed yourself, but you know, embarrassed my team and my family showed me think about my parents. We didn't have oodles of cash to take a weekend flight to, you know, middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, you know, and, uh, this is what I represent. This is what I brought to the table. Right. And that was a way. And that's where I really, my junior and senior year, where I really accelerated in my competition. I really took my training in the focus and everything else. But even then, looking back now, I could have done more. You know, I right. could have done more. I could have done things a little differently. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it was, it was still, that, that was my turning point, Brett. Well, even like, you, you know, you posted a video the other day on your Instagram where, um, you know, you're, you're carrying these logs and stuff like that. And I showed my kids and they're like, oh, daddy, you know, you should, you know, you should be able to, you should do stuff like that. Right. He's, he, he, you know, uh, Dominic's like, uh, you know, you're as big as he is. He, you know, he's just cause he's younger daddy. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I think I could, but it, it's interesting because pre-kids, I felt like I was training hard. Like I, I thought that like I was working hard and you know, trying to balance all this stuff when in reality it was like, you know, I don't, I don't, 
I wish I could go back. Like sometimes I wake up and I'm like, God damn, you know, if I could be 25 for one more year, right. And try and do it over again. But I feel like I get more accomplished now with three little guys running around. And it's just, I think it's just different. I think, you know, like who, you know, who has time to warm up, right. Like I carry them, (laughs) right. Like I carry them up and down the driveway, you know, like that's the warm up or I pull them, you know, they all sit on a slide and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting how things like that perspective, you know, changes because mine are a little older. I have a six, a four and a two year old. Uh, right. So, you know, you'll get there if, if there's more. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think like the kids that I've coached the last couple of years at NAS, like I think they take it for granted sometimes. Like a coach, you know, classes are hard. Oh, this is hard. Like whatever. I'm like, what like you're 18 or 19 like this is the time like I can't even share half the stories of the stuff that we used to do when we were 18 or 19 like I, I don't know if I get you know nobody got fired no. or something but it's like it's 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 different it's changed it is I and I I couldn't agree anymore I um you know I'm 33 I'll be 33 in May so we're slightly age different not not terribly too much different but you're right if I can go back to what I know and listen it's not like I furthered my education and training once i graduated school i did a little bit like you said i did the gold gym thing i did the training i coached geneseo i did all that stuff we could touch on that you know a little bit later on but i stopped all that formal education for training and i started to kind of more pay attention to what i wanted to do and what i needed to do um so you know i guess we'll just do we'll just do the quick bio thing now yeah absolutely yeah so I went through obviously graduated SUNY Brockport, was a two-time college All-American, um, SUNYAC champion in the discus, or not, excuse me, take that back, I lied, the weight throw and in the hammer throw, I, I've, uh, I've I placed in the discus throw, uh, mm-hmm. state SUNYAC, uh, you name it, I, I competed in it, and I uh, had a very good career. I was coached by a great coach and Coach Skolski. He's still at yeah. SUNY Brockport. And then I had an excellent career. And, then, you know, and it, I'm sure, you know, Ed will probably say he wish we could have done a little bit more. And I know I could have done a little bit more. But post-college, post the All-America, post all that stuff, mm-hmm. I stopped throwing, which we can, I guess that's another, that's another topic down right. there. But I started competing in powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Did well in that too. Competed right. seven, you know, I, I totaled 17, 15 raw. Um, right now, if I'm ahead of camera board, I totaled equipped, but I did equipped powerlifting, raw right. powerlifting, WMPF. I mean, you name the competitions, right. the USAPL. I did them all mm-hmm. before the whole everything. Everyone and their mothers decided to do powerlifting out of nowhere. But right, right. Um, and what I know now, I would say, at 33, I'm 205 pounds, so I'm down where I was. I competed 275, so people give an idea. It's a 70 pound difference. It's not so much what's on the bar anymore for me. It's more about what I can do. And now, especially since I'm in law enforcement, it's more along less of a skill set. It's me knowing now what I have to do for me to come home every day. And I don't work in the meanest of streets. I'll openly admit that I'm not in, you know, the boogie down Bronx. I'm not in the crazy, you know, Hell's Kitchen, anything like that. But it's still a crazy world out there. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone has seen the videos, everything else. but I tell my wife every day, I make sure that when I leave home, I come home the same way. And I, and it's something I take extremely serious. And by me, I know, ask any of my people that I've worked with or I currently work with, 
I'm going to not quit. That's just my mentality. It's the way I've always been. And so if we're ever in that situation where it's going to be that, you know, Hey, you're either going to make it, you're not going to make it. I'm going to, I'm making sure that it's not going to be because I'm tired or because I'm sore. It ain't going to happen. Right. And uh, that's more my training now. So now with this whole Corona thing, so me and my brother had built a gym in his basement. And when we, when we built the gym, like we built the gym, we went to gym auctions. And I'm sure if you go back in my Instagram videos, you see, you know, the, all the equipment, the weights, we have, I think I have over a thousand pounds, just in 45, just to give you an idea of what we had at the gym there. But I'm still working. I'm that, you know, essential personnel. I don't want to explode. My, my brother's got two young kids, a 10 year old and a nine year old. So, or 11, she's aging 11 now, excuse me. So I don't want to get them sick. So we recently purchased a home that has a 30 by 40 pole barn. Yeah, now, the pole barn now the pole no. barn, we bought the, I, one of the reasons why we love the house is the pole barn is one of them for me, but you know, it gives me a space that I can go and train. Now the, the gym ideally is going to move into there. It's far from ready. There's leaks. I joke around. I have a, I have a cheering section of chipmunks that watch me work out because I got holes in the gym, but that's why when you see all the video of me training with the log, I don't have all the equipment over here. I got an old and old, old York, uh, York barbell, mm-hmm. uh, like three fifteen worth of plates, a couple of 25s, 10. So I got to make do with what I got. I, uh, I have a wood burning stove, so we have some log rounds. I was like, all right, let me pick this thing up. Like it's, it's heavy. I don't know how heavy it is, but it's good. You know, it's not for me to pick up and carry. I'm just going to carry this. So I'll just carry it back and forth and then do some kettlebell snatches rest 60 seconds and just do it again until I feel like I'm done. Um, so that was that video there, but that's kind of my training now is not so much that it's structured, but it's more along like what I feel like doing. Right. There is a, there's a method to the madness. It's just, it's not a well-planned out. I couldn't write it down on paper for you, but I know kind of what I'm going to do. So now do you, do you miss those days? Cause I remember, you know, we, like I graduated and I thought I was going to go to the, the 2008 Olympic trials and uh, that, that, that tore, terribly wrong. But I, but I think, you know, like looking back, like, cause you, cause you, I mean, 17, 15, like that was, I mean, I don't know if that was elite, elite total back then. Cause that now, was back, I mean, back then. It was. Back then, back then, then right. It was. Back then. So do you ever think, think back like, man, you know, if I would have like pushed a little harder or, cause I would love to get down to 205. Like I, you know, my kids joke, we have bunk beds, so I can't get on the top bunk because the, the <laughs> it's horrible. I know it's, I'm so fat. The, the top bunk, the weight is 300 pounds. So our, um, our six year old is about 70, 75 pounds in a given day. So he's like, daddy, I know you can't get up there with me. He's like, we weigh too much. So the middle guy is like, well, daddy, you know, I only weigh 45. So you only have, you know, you have like 20 pounds to go. So every night he's like, okay, is it your turn? Yeah. Can you come up? Can you come up? Can you come up? I'm like, dude, it doesn't work like that. But, uh, you know, do you ever, do you like miss it? Or is there anything about it that you're like, uh, you know, I could have, you know, I could have tried to hit 18 or I could have pushed a little harder. So you and me both know what it is. It, it's a sick mindset that we as competitors have it, it, and some people get it and some people right. don't get it. There's the people that I'm sure listen to the podcast, get it, that it's that sacrifice that what does it take to get that extra meter, hundred pounds, five pounds, right. two and a half, whatever it is. Right. And then there's people like my wife, for instance, 
who she understands it now because I've kind of explained it to her. But at first she's like, what do you, what do you, you know, I remember we were just dating at the time. And this is when I was dabbling in strongman. Right? <laughs> and I competed at Matt Mills gym, lightning fitness in, uh, Island, Connecticut, one of the two. Mm -hmm. And it was a partner strongman with this girl that I knew. And um, it was like the first weekend I just started talking to my wife. We're just dating. And she's like, you're doing what again? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just doing the strongman competition. Like what you saw on TV, like, like carrying like refrigerators and stuff. I was like, yeah. Like she's like, why? And she didn't get it. You know, I, I, she understands it more now because she's married to me and she gets it, but you're right what I would have done to do that a little more. So we'll go back to my maturity, how I feel mm-hmm. like I've matured over the past mm-hmm. five years, 10 right. years, 10 years ago, I would have done anything to get five pounds, right. you know, clawed, scratched, whatever you got to do to get it. Right. And I, that sacrificed my health. So what I mean by that is I ballooned up the 293 pounds is my heaviest. When I, when I hit that 1715, I hit, I was 293 and I can't wait to make 275 just to get me. Right. right. That's And people's like, Oh, how did you lose? Uh, you know, it's, you know, water cycling, carbs. It right. wasn't fun, you know, right. but that's what I had to do. I hit 1715 at 275. Um, that was RPS Christmas carnage. 2013, I think, 14. Um, that's when Gene was still alive. I think that meet, I squatted 640, benched 405, and I think I pulled 660, something like that, or whatever the numbers. It's right. around there to get to 715. Yeah. Um, but no, I definitely wanted more. But what made me realize, there's two things, two major things that made me realize that I need to make a change was my oldest nephew, they just bought a trampoline. And he's like, Uncle Dom, jump with me. I made it maybe 30 seconds. And I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Sure. And I'm like, oh, God. I was like, I'm in shape. This is how hard can this really be? It's just jumping in a trampoline. And right. he was like, like upset. He's like, Uncle Dom, you can't jump on a trampoline. Like, he didn't understand. He's young. Maybe like right. three, four at the time. He didn't right. get it. Right. And then, so you might know this. You, you know, you, maybe, maybe not, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but when you go to certain stores, they don't carry pants over a size 40. When you get to oversized 40, it's the big and tall section. <laughs> so I'm like, God, this is a problem. Yeah. And uh, that's when I made the change. And I didn't really change too much because I still competed. I, I still competed. That's when I went to, you know, like the USAPL and I went to WMPF and I could be down to 242 and 220. And then that's when I got into law enforcement. And that's when I changed my training to realize that no one cares what's on the bar, you know, like no one cares that I benched 405 or squatted right. 64. Like, sure, it sounds good, but realistically, who cares? You know, right. I could walk around unless I was Ronnie Coleman, right? No one could care that this cop can do a 640 squat. Right. Who cares? Right. You know, they are, you're just a cop on, you know, they don't, you're just a guy in the car, right? So now I'm like, well, what do I have to do? And that's where my training is now. So, where I still do. If I were to say, if I do any type of old school training, I would say I still follow 531 very loosely. And I mean by very loosely as in like, maybe I do the percentages and maybe I fall back to it. But it's more along the lines of it's a three-day wave where I do old school upper body pull, lower body push, you know, reverse. So then you have upper body push, lower body pull. 
And then there's what I call conditioning slash strongman day and just rotate. Right. I don't know what the weights I'm going to do. Like I know like, all right, like today I know I'm going to squat. So then I got right, so a low body push, upper body pull. So I'm going to squat and just a bent over rows. Right. All right. What weights am I going to do? Like, well, my legs were a little sore from the other day. So I'm just going to do some high, you know, high rep squats and then I'll just make, and that's kind of how I'm going around and how I could continue to train. I do that now. You know, I say consistently, I'm probably working out or doing something physically active six out of seven days a week, mm -hmm. where five years ago, I hit the gym four days a week and it took me four days to recover from the squat right. day I just had, right. you know? Right. So it's just a different way of doing things, but it's still, I still have the bug. I still have the, it's that, it's that itch that you can sure. never, you know what, again, like I said, it's either you know it or you, you yeah. get it, you don't get it. And that's how I still have it. And that's my, my itch now is getting in every day, making it fit, making it work and just getting after it. That's just it. So when you transitioned to law enforcement, was there, so, uh, I mean, I'm not familiar with this. So were there, was there like a conditioning test? Like what you didn't, did you wake up one morning and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go to the Academy. Like how did, how did it work for you? When you so did that? I, I had to go to the Academy. So you, I took the, you have to take a, a written exam, mm -hmm. then you qualify, you, know, you get a certain score in the written exam and at mm -hmm. the written exam, uh, exam, excuse me, you get a letter that mm -hmm. you qualify for the PT test. Right. And the PT test is easy. I mean, it's bare bones, push-ups, sit-ups, mile and a half run. And there's a standard. And the standard doesn't seem hard. So the push-ups, you have to do 29 push-ups. Not very hard. The sit-ups, where the majority of people fail, is yeah. depending on your age, you have to do a certain amount of sit-ups in 60 seconds. So you think... I'm trying to remember what I had to do. I want to say it was 38 sit-ups in 60 seconds, which doesn't sound hard, but when you're 270 pounds, not sure. very easy. Seeing the fact that, you know, it takes like a second to do one sit You figure by the time you go down and right. up, your knees, your elbows all the way past your knees, it takes, it takes just time to do it. So even if you're perfect at one second mm -hmm. per rep, it's 38 seconds. If right. you mess up, it's a small window. So right. you being out of shape or heavier doesn't help. So I started my first PT test I took was at city of Rochester mm -hmm. and I failed. I failed it. Oh, I and I was in, yeah. Oh yeah. I was, yeah, in, that was, yeah. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed because I was like, cause I was training at gold. It's like, Oh, yeah. I'm, look at me. I'm in shape. I'm this, I'm the I'm the man. And right. I failed it. And I saw the guys are in there with me. I'm like, I could smoke these guys. These guys are weak, you know, bean right. poles. Right. But I realized, I'm like, they're in shape to do the task at hand. That's like you going to throw right. and be like, all right, you're going to throw a hammer today, but you've never touched a hammer in your life. Go throw 50 meters. Right. It, it, it ain't going to happen. That was what like, yeah. So, and that's what, that's what rung the bell for me. I realized I'm not fulfilling what is needed to be done. So, I decided to make it a personal challenge mm -hmm. that I'm going to not only excel at the physical, which I did, I right. flying colors past the physical, mm -hmm. but if I go to the academy, the academy is hard enough as it is where it's a mental, it's a mental test more than it is, you know, yeah, you have to learn stuff and there's a PT aspect. It's a mental test. If you've never had a group of people in your face screaming at you, yeah, like, you know, I'm sure you've seen the boot camp videos of the military. Right. It's not that intense, but right. you get the idea. Mm -hmm. That's a mental test. Mm -hmm. So if I can make a factor easy, knowing that I can take any physical challenge 
and making sure that I can not make that my fault, then the rest is going to be easy. Right. And that's what I did. I, I mean, I'm sure Coach Skolsky will tell you, I always felt like I was very coachable mm-hmm. and I was very, you know, I, I took instructions and I was like the quote unquote soldier athlete where tell me what to do, what do you want me to do it? And I'm going to do it, you know? Right. And that's always my mentality I've always had. Give me a task and I will do it. So, all right, sure. You want me to yell at me and do it? Like, all right, you're going to yell at me. I know it's just another day of the job, but you want me to do all these physical tasks. I can control that. I can control, and that was my my focus for the training for the law enforcement. And it was tough at the time, especially I was just recently married. Me and my wife were married for a year, and when I went into the academy, my wife was eight months pregnant. I had my daughter in the academy, and I cannot thank my wife enough because she was so supportive. I probably. I could not imagine what it would be like to not have her in my corner during that time. Because there were some nights, it was brutal. I mean, I come home, I'm gassed, I'm beat up, I'm sore, baby's crying. She's, you know, she's, you know, you know how it is. Your wife had three kids. So, you know, she's tired. She's at her wit's end. And I, you know, she supported me and I tried to help her out as much as I possibly could. You know, we made it work, especially at the beginning where like, all right, I came home like around like five o'clock. We had dinner, hung out with the baby. She would go to bed and I would stay up till, you know, midnight with her, with the, you know, my daughter. And then like, all right, feeding time, my daughter would come and, you know, and then we'd trade places. I could get some work done and go from there. But, you know, that was the support system that I had. And that made, that made another aspect a little challenging for me in the mm-hmm. academy. But again, my wife was a great support system. I, and that was one thing that we could control compared to everything else. So it's just another factor that I had to you know, go through. So do you think the Dominic, uh, the sophomore year at Brockport, how would that Dominic have done during uh, Horrible. Police Academy training? <laughs> Horrible. I was, you know, I laugh. I, 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 I don't like to toot my own horn. Mm-hmm. I had a very good college career i mean uh, you know it as just as well as i know i could have post-college continued throwing and excelled in who knows where i would have gone who knows um and i didn't i stopped throwing after college um but i my sophomore don was thought i was the man i thought that i was untouchable and i could do anything and man was i a just I couldn't even describe, say in words to be, I'm sure this is a very family friendly show. And I, <laughs> but you can go like ahead. It's a vibe. Oh man. My, I was an asshole. <laughs> I hate going, going back to what I was. Yeah. I, oh, man, I was an idiot. I, I thought I knew everything. I didn't know anything. And uh, it was just bad. I, yeah. I, I wish I could change what I, what I was back then to what I know now, but no, you know, I, I no, I'm going. Yeah, go no, 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 no. I was just ranting. No, I was just going to say, like, because I, I remember, like, not to, um, <laughs> not to call you a, a kid, but I was, a, you know, I'm five years older. I just turned 38. So, uh, so back then, it was like, because you, because you, towards the tail end of of your career, I think it was your junior senior year, that 2008 2009 season, we threw at. Um, Allegheny. I don't know if you remember. We, you know, right? Oh, we, I remember. You know, we Allegheny. traded the we traded the stadium record back and forth for a, yep. uh, a couple of rounds. But um, you know, you always had this little like 
you know, and, and, you know, and Ed, Ed will, I think would say the same thing. Like you always had this like little spark in your eye and you could tell as a coach, like the ones that have it and the ones that don't. And I'll be honest, a lot of the, you know, a lot of kids that I've coached, they don't have that. Like, I don't know, you know, like, I think you still watch professional wrestling and like they always talk about like that it factor, like yeah. that, that thing, the intangible that you can't put your finger on, but, but like you always had that. And I always admired that about you, even, even though you kicked my ass most of the time <laughs> and, 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 and uh, you know, those drives home, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like I just lost to a college senior. I just lost to a junior. Like, cause it made me realize like, like, what are you doing? Like I, I had just uh, been accepted in the Fredonia's admin program. So I wanted to be an administrator. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm driving around the Northeast, like getting, you know, getting my ass kicked by a bunch of college kids. And it's like, yeah, you know, maybe it's time to kind of, um, you know, start winding it down a little bit. But uh, I just want to, you know, in between that time, though, you, even though you kind of turned off the throwing piece, so you and Matt Hand started strong and far, which I always thought was really cool. And I think that was like the first time I reached out to you guys about, mm-hmm. um you know, doing this. So what, can you talk a little bit about like how, like how they came together and if you have any like XL or double XL t-shirts left? That want one? <laughs> we have, we have zero t-shirts left. Um, <laughs> no, Matt and I started strongfr.com because I, I, I always feel like, you know, again, now looking back on things, we were ahead of the curve. Um, there was besides like elitefts.com, and besides a couple other niche, like Iron Mind, a couple of small niche websites like that, there really wasn't much for amateur or up-and-coming athletes that want to excel, right? a way for them to, to be known or be seen. Instagram wasn't even a thought back then. I think right. it just became popular. Like it right. isn't well, close to what it is now. Right. Twitter was the same thing as infancy. So we were just two kids that wanted to have a message board to show that there's guys like us that want to excel in our given fields and show what you could do. I mean, we were nine to five guys, you know, that worked, you know, three crazy jobs. I worked crazy job between, you know, personal training, coaching Geneseo, odd end jobs here and there and still training and trying to do what we had to do, we wanted to make a soundboard for guys like us, not, you know, the professionals, not, you know, guys that, you know, were already getting sponsorships and getting paid and, and this and that we were just, and share information. That was the whole part of the website was how can we be the in-between between guys wanting to get more information and know that there's regular just dudes out there mm-hmm. and we did well for a long time but then i guess matt got continued on the path and then i fell off the path what i mean by falling off the path is i stopped competing for you know the, the placements for the professionals i was just now turning into i just want to train to train and i moved on i, I was doing the whole bold thing and so you know, nine to five, Monday through Friday, traveling around in khakis and a polo, mm-hmm. training like in the early mornings and not being able to blog or do stuff. And it was a lot on Matt. Matt did a lot of the stuff. I was kind of, I guess you call it the, the caboose on the train. Mm-hmm. Um, but he continued on and I kind of veered off that path. And that's kind of where, you know, and look where he's at now. He's professional mm-hmm. Highland Games. He's still competing. He's doing excellent for himself. Right. And where I'm, you know, just on a different path of life. So 
But well, Strong I mean, Afar, that was that was the whole that was the whole point of strongafar.com was just a, a a message board for the average Joe who wanted to be more and do what they wanted to do in their strength field. Well, I mean, you guys were definitely the originators. I mean, I remember you had um, you had a bunch of athletes that would uh, would post, and I, I would go all the time. Um, I do kick myself and I joke about the shirt thing because I have, I can't tell you how many, I'm in my basement right now. I can't tell you how many bins I have under here of, of old college track shirts and all these mm-hmm. like meat shirts and things like that. And that's mm-hmm. the one that uh, hopefully that got they, away. I got away. Hope one day, hopefully they show up on eBay yeah. or something. But um, yeah, you know, I think a lot of that, and even like, that's what I try and do with the, with, with my website too, is to just to try and provide, like information for people. Cause I think with, I was talking to somebody about it earlier today, like the whole social media boom. Now, I think it, because people only post like the really highs, like the great performances or the great this or the great that I think it, it some, what you guys did and, and even what I'm trying to do, like there, like, it's okay that it's not every day isn't, isn't a great day. And when I was um, coaching at Naz with Lewis, like, it was tough sometimes. Like I'm sure, you know, you kind of, you felt the same way. You know, I never threw as far as you guys um, ever. So let alone as uh, you know, trying to coach somebody who's uh, you know, a 20 meter thrower. And, and it, it was really difficult because with Instagram, like everyone's throwing far every day. It's like, coach, right. like, I didn't, I didn't throw 18 today. I didn't throw 19. I'm like, dude, nobody cares. Like it's a random Tuesday afternoon practice. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the end of the world. Um, but I, I think it takes, like a long time to like realize I was talking to a, a mental performance coach about it. And she's like, yeah, you, you know, it takes just as long to train your mind as it does, you know, any other physical parts. But, um, you know, did you, did you take any of that in the consideration when you were coaching at Geneseo? Cause I think I was coaching at NAS. It was like the first or second year I was at NAS and you were at Geneseo mm-hmm. within like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. What, what was that experience like? Cause I, I mean, we never touched base about it. I know we, you know, we trained at Golds and did, and did that, but like, because I, I remember a couple of meets that we we just kind of crossed paths at um, um, at the U of R, and, I, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, and for whoever was going to watch this, I don't know, like, one of my guilty pleasures has always been to want, wanting to be the throwing coach of Geneseo, and like, for some well, like, <laughs> I probably should have ended up there as an athlete, but that's a whole nother story, but um, it, it, I was like, God damn! Like he's a freaking throwing coach at Geneseo. Like I wanted to be the throwing coach at Geneseo, and and I, and they have they have a great kid there now um, who's who's doing really well for himself. But uh, mm-hmm. what like what what was that like transitioning from being a high level athlete? You're still powerlifting, you're like you're crushing it, and now you're you're at a program where you know back then, you know it wasn't as deep as you know Brockport um has ever been like talk a little bit about that if you know what do you what do you remember so what i remember about it was mm-hmm. i was very excited so i could dave provosti was the assistant coach at the time and he i kind of reached out to him he reached out to me he actually reached out to ed first he was like oh do you think don would ever be interested in coaching and i was at the time intern strength conditioning coach at monroe community college right and um I, I was like, oh, I don't know, him in and home. And I was like, you know what? Let's let's dabble in the coaching. Let's do it. Right. And he got me in and, and we kind of figured out a way. Um, and I I'm really grateful for it. But at the same time, it was challenging because you gotta remember, I was just graduated. So all these kids right. I just competed against. And right. 
they knew what I was capable of and they knew the type of athlete that I was. And I'm not saying that I was a, like you could say I was kind of a douchebag, but I would say that I was very confident and cocky and I was cutthroat. I was aggressive. I, when I wanted to, especially my senior year, I knew what I wanted and you were either on, you know, online with me or you're getting out of the way. Right. And not saying these kids were 